Limitless Range. Welcome to another episode of Limitless Range Podcast. I am Travis Garner here with Logan Sella. So today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the draft. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the NBA draft. As you guys know, it was last night. We we're recording this on Thursday the 19th. Is that the, that's the date, right? Yep. Thursday the 19th, we are recording this and, um, the draft was last night. Mr. Sella was, uh, we were watching the draft together. So basically what we're going to do, um, before we get into the draft talk is we're going to talk about some of the trades that have went down over the last free agent mania, man, free agent mania. You, bur- you buried the lead. Yeah, there is. There has been a lot going on in the NBA the last um, what when did they start? Week week ago, four days Some, ago, something like that. Man, dude, I think the eleventh was when transactions opened up. Eleventh or thirteenth, so last yeah. Friday, it was nuts, man. Just not, not a whole lot happened uh, through basically through the first day. Um, the only major things I think through the first day were was Chris Paul. Um, so Jeez, for those, that seems like forever ago already. It, it does seem like forever ago. So, so Chris Paul was traded to the Phoenix Suns. For those of you who do not know, and um, kind of came out of left field for me. Didn't really. I mean, there had been reports for a couple days that they were interested, but um, I figured some suitors like the Heat or um, I figured the Heat Milwaukee. would get involved. Milwaukee would get involved. I figured, but um. Nonetheless, he is going to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so the trade package included the Phoenix Suns uh, obtaining Chris Paul and Abdel Nader. Um, and the package they sent out was Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round pick. That is signifies to me that the Suns are in win-now mode. They're, they're basically like, okay, Devin Booker, he's, he's going to leave if we don't at least make the playoffs at some point. So um, I think they're just kind of trying to kickstart their rebuild a little bit. I agree. Uh, we we both kind of texted back and forth when the trade happened. It's a little bit of a head-scratcher to me because I don't really think the Suns should be in win-now mode. Like they, were, they had a great showing in the bubble. That was great. It was fun. Devin Booker had the buzzer beater over Kawhi. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think even now they're better than – fifth or sixth in the west i don't know if i'd pick them over dallas certainly wouldn't pick them over the lakers or the clippers i mean who knows what's going to happen with houston or Denver? but i, I think denver is probably still better I, I don't know it just seems like a weird kind of timing because phoenix's young core is young and chris paul is just kind of old like he's got maybe one i think he's got one good year left one sort of good year and after that i think he's going to be kind of a hindrance more than an asset yeah i think he's kind of i I mean i don't think there's any doubt that he's kind of past its prime um but i think we might have been talking about this the other day with the suns it's just like i don't think their goal is just championship i think at this point they've been out of the playoffs for so long their goal is just like okay let's just sneak in as an eight seed so i don't think the phoenix suns are in a position where they want to win a title right now i think they're just kind of trying to get into the playoffs so Devin Booker gets some playoff experience. You know, they're younger guys like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, they, Cam Johnson. They get a little bit of a playoff experience, so, you know, they're better in the long run. Um, but I don't think championship is their ultimate goal at this point. No, I mean, it's I don't hate it just because for most teams it's championship window or tank, basically. And to see 
somebody kind of just go for something different is a little refreshing, I suppose. Another big trade that went down, the the Bucks were very active um, in the first couple days of the trades being allowed. Um, they ended up trading for Drew Holiday, which um, was interesting to me. I mean, they gave up a haul for Drew Holiday. Um, they, they got Drew Holiday in a 2020 second-round pick, number 60, from uh, – New Orleans, and they sent to New Orleans Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, a 2020 first round pick, which was which turned out to be number 24, uh, a 2024 first, a 2025 first, unprotected, a 2026 first, and a 2027 first. So they sent five first round picks for Drew Holiday. That is, I mean, granted, two of them are swaps, pick swaps, but that that's a hefty haul right there. Yeah, I mean, we we again we kind of t- went talked back and forth about this when the trade happened. But the more I think about it, I kind of like it for Milwaukee because, I mean, George Hill's past his prime. Eric Bledsoe was a hindrance in the playoffs. He wasn't very good. And the it draft seems like he never was really good in the playoffs. He's I mean his his game just doesn't translate well. He's a great kind of a, a good defender, but not super great anymore. Sort of athletic, but not a great shooter. So I mean, he just doesn't play well in the playoffs. Um, if you're Milwaukee, I think the sentiment seems to be from people in the know that Giannis is going to re-sign, and that's why they made this move. I, th- I mean, obviously, if, if Giannis doesn't, Milwaukee's screwed. But if he does, I think this is a fine move because the draft picks are going to be, what, in the 25 or lower probably. And I, I don't know if Drew Holiday is the difference maker for them, but they had to do something. They got, they've got to do something to show Giannis, all right, hey, we're going to – clear the decks, we're going to say damn the torpedoes and go for it. And they, they just kind of had to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had to make a move soon because I think Giannis was was as good as gone if they didn't make a move. I read a tweet the other day, I think, um, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I, people were saying that I think if they didn't make the trade for Drew Holiday, I think Giannis would have been on the first flight to Miami. So, Well, he's under contract for this year, so I, I mean – He's going to play out this year regardless, but yeah, I mean, they, they just, they were, they're over a barrel because they're Milwaukee. They don't get free agents. They don't, they're not in the mix every year like Miami or Dallas or LA, New York. Dallas I mean, isn't either, but that's beside I mean, the point. They have to do everything they can to get Giannis to resign. I agree. And um, as far as like the fit, I mean, it's a perfect fit. Um, I, my assumption is he would probably run the one. Um, alongside, it'd probably be him at the one and then, uh, Chris Middleton at the two or the three and then Giannis at the four. Um, but, and then I don't know, you could probably throw, I I don't really know of any other guard that they have on their team that could run the one and then have Drew Holiday run the two. Especially with Hill and Bledsoe gone. They they, they handled the ball a lot. Right. Hill and Bledsoe are gone. I mean, I, I'd say throw Drew Holiday at the one, and didn't they just trade Dante Divincenzo? They, they got rid of Divincenzo too. Was that in the oh, same? Was that in the same oh. deal? Um, duh. So the shooting guard would be uh, uh, Bogdan wow, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Not, not anymore. Well, it's they're okay. So let me break it down for people who don't who don't know what the heck we're talking about. So the Milwaukee Bucks made a trade. Made a, a second trade. A second trade that on that same night, literally minutes after the Drew Holiday trade news broke, the news broke that 
the um, the Bucks and the Kings were doing a sign and trade with Bogdan Bogdanovich, and he was heading to the Bucks. Now, my understanding of the situation is that the trade fell through, and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich never agreed to sign with the Kings. Correct. So. You can't trade somebody who's not under contract you can't, you can't with you. Do, right. You can't do a sign and trade without the sign first. Right. Exactly. And I don't. I haven't heard many updates um, since then. I don't know if they plan on um, – if he still was planning on going to Milwaukee at some point. I don't know. I think he was going to test free agency is the last I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's going to test free agency. And, um, I mean, if you do end up with him – and you're you're getting Drew Holiday for sure. We know that. You still have Giannis. You still have Chris Middleton. And if you can somehow come out of it with Bogdanovich at the end of the day, your your starting lineup is going to be disgusting. But your bench is right. going to be an issue. Right. I, I, <laughs> do we? I mean, right here, right now, do we really think Milwaukee's that much better? I, just, I do for sure. I don't really. I mean, they're a little bit more top heavy. I mean, I think Holiday and Bogdanovich potentially are better than Hill and Bledsoe, but I don't know. Vincenzo was coming. I mean, he had a good year last year, and he's only going to get better. That was a valuable asset to give away. I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell, but the Bucks have been known as a kind of a, a regular season team in the last couple of years. So I think that's some great moves for, for uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think um, their bench is going to be a little depleted, but – I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to get Gian- Giannis Giannis to stay. So, well, the caveat with Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference is now they're probably their biggest rival in Brooklyn, and Lord knows they've had a lot going on in the last few days as well. Um, so the last few days, I know we've been talking about recently that um, James Harden has been a big saga um, the last couple days, but um, currently it's. Looking like James Harden is saying, "Listen, get me to the Nets, regardless of the package that you ha- that you think you can get or that you're gonna get. Get me to the Nets. I don't care how you do it." And at this point, I'm pretty sure Woj reported a couple days ago that it's looking like uh, both Westbrook and Harden will start training camp with the Rockets. Um, but yeah, imminent imminent trades coming for the Houston Rockets, and they kickstarted their so-called blow it up by trading Robert Covington to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, as I mentioned, Portland Trailblazers get Robert Covington. The Houston Rockets get Trevor Ariza in a 2020 first-round pick. That ended up being number 16. And uh, 2021 protected first. So Sneaky good pickup by Portland. I, li- yeah, I like that move I, for them. I love that move for Portland. Um, and then Trevor Ariza ended up, I believe, going to the Pistons later. In a later trade. In a later yeah. trade. Um but Robert Covington going to the Portland Trailblazers, I love that pickup for them. I think he's a really good rebounder um, for a forward wing type. Elite defender, too. Elite defender. Crazy um, athletic. Super good shooter. I mean, I... One I, of the premier 3 and D guys, for sure. Yeah, one of the... one of the, if you, I mean, if you look up the top 3 and D, 3 and D guys in the NBA, he's probably at the top of the list. I guess we'll, we'll just kind of highlight some, some more little, littler trait. I don't know, littler a word. Smaller, smaller, smaller trades um, that happened. Uh, Ricky Rubio is on his way back to the team that drafted him, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves in this trade got Ricky Rubio, a 2020 first round pick, 
Um, that was number 25 in the draft, and that ended up translating into Emmanuel Quickly, who was dealt to the Knicks. Um, so there's a lot going on in this trade. Um, and then they got another 2021st um, that ended up being number 28, and that would translated to Jaden McDaniels. And then the Thunder got the, a 2021st round pick, number 17, and they drafted Alexej Pogashevsky. Sure. <laughs> I know it's yeah, I'm pretty a sure tough one. I, don't, I, I think it's Pogashevsky is the is the last name, but I'm not sure about the first name. I didn't remember hearing that. I remember I mean I remember he got picked last night. I just don't remember how to say his name. Yeah. Um and then uh Rubio ended up getting tra- traded to the, the Thunder earlier in the week, so he is on the he was on the move to the Thunder and now he's going back to the Timberwolves. So that should be interesting, a good backup guard for the Timberwolves off the bench. And then Al Horford is going to OKC. Um, I'm really happy that he got out of Philly. He did not fit there well at all. Um, so the, the Thunder get Al Horford, the rights to Vasilije Mikic, a 2022nd round pick that translated into Theo Maladon. And um, I think it's Maladon. Theo Maladon. And uh, a 2025 first. And the Sixers get Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. So Sixers get some shooting. It seems like, as we'll allude to later in the episode, seems like the Sixers are going all in on shooting. Um, I agree. I, th- I mean, like you, I'm sure you'll get to it. Seth Curry from the Mavs on the move to Philly as well. They, I, I think you can kind of take it two ways. Uh, I think, you know, when the, the first trade happened with just Danny Green, my first thought was James Harden. I mean, we'll talk more about him, I'm sure just because they got rid of all that money from Horford and they were just trying to you know, clear the decks and make more moves. And then we saw later that the, the second move was Seth Curry. So really just trying to get some shooting. They got off the awful, awful Horford contract. And we'll see. I'm kind of a, a quasi-Sixers fan, I guess. I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. I'm, it's, I'm excited for this, to see what the Sixers can do because they've kind of underperformed in the playoffs the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see if they can make it further. Um, so... This was an earlier trade. One of the, I'm pretty sure the first trade that happened, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers get Dennis Schroeder, and the Oklahoma City Thunder get Danny Green in a 2020 first-round pick. So that Danny Green is now on the move to the Sixers. and <laughs> Traded twice in, tra- what, five days? Yeah. Six um, days? So uh, the Lakers get Dennis Schroeder, good off-the-bench punch, maybe even starter. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are with him. I'm thinking he'll – probably start because it sounds like Rondo isn't going to stay. Avery Bradley just declared he's going to be a free agent this year. So they're going to need guard help somewhere. I'm guessing he'll probably start at the point. I agree. Um, And then to round it out, a three-team deal on draft night. This This was interesting to me. This is one that I did not see coming at all. The Brooklyn Nets get Landry Shamet, and the LA Clippers get Luke Kennard. And the Detroit Pistons get Rodney Magruder in a 2020 first-round pick, number 19, which ended up being Sadiq Bey. Um, we'll get to him later in the podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, interesting move. I think the Clippers, I, I don't know, they needed guard help, I think, but uh, he, uh, Luke Kennard really isn't a traditional. I think He's, he's more of a wing, honestly. I think he's just a better version of Landry Shamet, in my opinion. A little bit bigger. I mean, Shamet's you know obviously smaller, quicker, but they are kind of similar. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of instant offense kind of guys, not super duper athletic by any means, but solid rotation guys. Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard I think is a is a tad bit underrated. Um, I think he's 
he's a, obviously a really good shooter. He's a, I think, a sneaky good passer too, and a sneaky good rebounder. So I think that could help the Clippers a lot. And then um, I didn't really understand this move for the Nets, though, in my opinion, because they just pick they pick up Landry Shamit. I don't seems know. Seems like they kind of have a logjam of those guards already. It seems like they have a logjam of not only guards, but a logjam of just guys who need the ball. People who just shoot. Landry Landry Shamit, Joe Harris. I mean, he's a free Car- agent. So Karis Levert. Karis Levert. Din- I'm, what position does Dinwiddie play? Point guard. Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, they're, they have a, definitely have a logjam at guard, but I mean, I guess you can never have enough shooting, but I mean, just to have two guys on your team that are just purely shooters like Joe Harris and Landry Shamit uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Should we go on Brooklyn right now? Yeah, that's a good segue. My my uh, my main man seller here wants to talk a little bit about Brooklyn, so let's hear it. We kind of jumped right over it, but I mean, my the biggest takeaway so far in free agency for me has been the James Harden mini saga already. So the rumor was that he might go to Philly. I projected he might go to Philly, the Daryl Morey connection, but now there seems to be some significant momentum for him to go to Brooklyn and join forces with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What say you about that, Travis? I don't think it'll work. Um, I, I mean, they're obviously going to be good. Like, there's no denying that if Harden goes, the the Nets are going to be good without Harden. So, if you if they get Harden, they're going to be even better. I'm not saying that they're not going to be good. I just Kyrie Irving left Cleveland because he because he didn't want to be in the shadow of LeBron. Left the Celtics. To, to go form his own team. And now he's going to just let James Harden come in and just take over. I don't think that's going to be how it works. I'm kind of split on this because I certainly see things your way in that Kyrie from the um, probably already is already probably mad at Kevin Durant and is therefore mad at everybody and is going to make everything kind of toxic because uh, from what I heard, I think it was Chris Broussard who said it on a radio show is that Durant is really behind this trying to get Harden to move to Brooklyn, which I'm sure is going to offend Kyrie. And who knows? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Kyrie – Kyrie didn't even want to be the second option, and I don't – sure as heck don't think he wants to be the third option. Yeah, I – But I could see it going the other way too. I don't think you can just write this off as, oh, it won't work. I mean, they've all played as a second option before. I mean, Durant – wasn't a second option in Golden State, but he played with Steph Curry, who needed the ball quite a bit. I mean, they all seem to get along pretty well. At least Durant gets along with Kyrie, and Durant gets along with Harden. You could run a hellacious pick and roll with Durant and Harden or Durant and Kyrie. I don't know, man. I I don't think it's just as simple as, oh, it won't work, it'll be toxic. Maybe it could be, but I wouldn't be surprised if it works and works outstandingly. I mean, that that triumvirate, I don't think there's been anything like it. I mean, even Steph, Clay, and KD, I mean, all three of those guys weren't MVP caliber. I mean, Kyrie hasn't won MVP yet, but he's certainly as talented as anybody offensively. I agree. He's an amazing offensive talent, but there becomes a point there. Be, there comes a point where you have to you have to understand that Kyrie is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> um, You're right. Who, he, who am I kidding? Honestly, it's just like. He's he's had an issue with what did he do when he was in Cleveland? Do you ever seen that video of him when he's getting he's getting interviewed and that little kid asks him if he's going to stay in Cleveland 
and he's like, are you going to leave like LeBron? And Kyrie goes, Kyrie goes, no, I'm going to stay. And then two years later, gets traded to gets traded to Boston, requests a trade. And then there's that whole thing where he came out in front of the fans in Boston and said, I plan on re-signing with, oh. with Boston. <laughs> You're right. And dude. then and then he leaves in free agency. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't think he's anywhere on the level of Russell Westbrook as far as ego, but I kind of think there's just some similarities there. You're right. I, who am I kidding? He's he's a flake. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, you're right. It, it, I, it was certainly be interesting because of the talent, but then again, maybe it'll work. I kind of feel the same way about Jimmy Butler. You know, because when he got traded to Minnesota and then he got traded to, to Philly, everybody was saying, "Oh, Jimmy Butler's a locker room cancer. He's this, that, and the other." Da 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 da. And now he's where he wants to be in Miami. He's got a good team. They just made the finals, and he. He's and I in listening to him on the JJ Reddit podcast really changed my opinion about Jimmy Butler. He's a super good dude, and he he just wants to win and he wants to work hard. And he, when he's around a team culture where he wants where he wants to be and that he wants to work hard and everybody wants to work hard, it it seems to just flow like really well. You're right. I guess the difference I would point out is Jimmy Butler's with some bad cultures. So Minnesota. Or Chicago first, bad culture. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, bad culture. Philly, not very good culture. Now he's with Miami. That's a good culture. That works. But Kyrie's been with great people. He was yeah. with LeBron. Everybody gets along with LeBron. He was with yeah. the Celtics. He was a great coach. Pretty good management. One of the better run franchises in the league the last decade. And he was still mad. So I, now I he's going to get along with Brooklyn and a first-year head coach who they already kind of undermined on a podcast. Did you see that? Him and... KD saying, "Oh, we don't we don't need a head coach. Uh-huh. I could I could coach. KD could coach." Oh man, you're right. I I don't know, man. Kyrie is Kyrie is just going to be the one to blow it up. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know, man. Um, but on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about the draft. Um, we're basically just going to go through the lottery, and we're not going to go through every single pick because we'd be here for ten hours. Um. But with how much we talk, but um, we're going to go through probably the lottery picks um, and then, you know, talk a little bit about each pick, discuss their um, their strengths, weaknesses, things like that short. And then to end off the podcast, we are bringing back state of the Mavs because the Mavs have been in the news the last couple of days. And uh, myself, I am going to get on my high horse and uh, rant. So with on that note, we will be right back here on Limitless Range. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Limitless Range. We are back from our break. And um, to start off this middle segment here, we're going to kind of go through the draft. So as you guys know, the draft was last night, the NBA draft. And um, Mr. Sella was um, over at my dwelling when we were watching the draft together. Um, But we're going to go through probably most of the lottery picks and kind of decide whether we like that pick for that team or, you know, whether... they could have done better and talk about the player a little bit. So, number one pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves was Anthony Edwards. Thoughts on that, Sella? Well, we did a little scouting report on him. I think the appeal here is a high floor. I mean, he's 
225, probably closer to 6'4", 6'5", super-duper athletic, you know, tenacious rebounder, great NBA body, uh, can score, can get to the basket, super-duper explosive. Not a great, great shooter yet. Uh, sometimes a little undisciplined on defense was the book on him, but uh, a high floor. I mean, I, I, don't, I find it hard to believe he's going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to be a bad player. Yeah, I don't think so either. And that's they were they were, they were talking about this on the draft broadcast last night, where it's like, you know, there's not re- I don't think there's really anybody in this draft that is just a glaring superstar. Like there's they're gonna be, like they're gonna be a top six player in the next five years, and that's the way it's gonna be. I think there's a lot of stars, like a lot of stars that could help championship teams. If that makes sense, I think you may be, but I, I think. It won't be for a while. I mean, yeah, we'll get. I mean, this year especially with a short training camp, the season starts in a month. And none of these guys have played an organized game since March, really. So, I think you know we'll see a lot of them struggle early on. But who knows? Yeah, yeah I like the Anthony Edwards pick. Um, the only real gripe that I have with him, and we were talking about this last night, is he doesn't really have a passion for basketball. Yeah, um, I mean, in the pre-draft interviews, he was telling teams he really loves football. If the NFL came after him, he'd go do that instead. I mean, uh, which I, is really weird. That, for it. I mean, that's a turnoff for me. I mean, I could see how some teams would look through it. Um, but man, if you're taking that guy number one overall, I would have a hard time wanting that that yeah. high. Number two was James Wiseman to Golden State center out of Memphis played all of three games before he was sent packing by the NCAA. I don't know. I think he could be pretty good. I, I think he's probably my second highest prospect in this draft. We'll get to the next one in a minute. I don't know. We just don't know much about him. He was a stud in high school, 7-1, left-handed stroke, pretty good shooter, not quite NBA range yet, but some think he'll grow into it. Really athletic. The only question I have is just taking a center that high. I mean, I don't know. He's not super-duper athletic. I mean, he's not He's not Anthony Davis on defense. He's not Kevin Garnett, I don't think. So what is he? What is a center in today's game? Yeah, he's not exactly the most modern center, so I I don't know. I think this could work for Golden State. I don't know. I think barring recent events, um, I think the Golden State Warriors would have been a title contender with this lineup. But just a quick segue, wanted to mention thoughts and prayers go out to Clay Thompson. Um, he tore his Achilles tendon in, a, in a, was it a pickup game? I think it was playing? just a workout. Is what just I a heard. workout. He tore his Achilles tendon, so suffering another setback um, in his rehab from his MCL tear? ACL, I thought. ACL tear in the 2019 finals. So thoughts and prayers go out to Clay Thompson for a speedy recovery from the folks over here at Limitless Range. Yeah, I almost forgot about it. There's so much going on, but that's tough to see, man. Yeah, you you really hate to see that. And, you know, seemed like the Warriors were going to be on the up and up uh, coming next season, which I think they still will be just because Steph's going to be back. They're still going to have Draymond. They're going to have Wiggins. Um, James Wiseman's going to be making his debut this season. So I think they're still going to be good. Um, but as far as championship hopes or playoff contentions, I don't know. It, it could be interesting. But number three pick in the draft went to the Charlotte Hornets, and they selected LaMelo Ball out of Australia, I guess. I, I guess he's, well, he's out from of, California, but he yeah. played, he's been playing in Australia. Yeah, out of California, Australia. Um, this is your guy, Sella, so I'll this, let you This I'll is let you my guy, man. I I just don't think there's anybody better than this guy. He would have been my first pick if I were Minnesota. He's six foot seven. He's only he's the selling point is just a crazy great passer, great with the ball in his hands. I mean, that's the game in the NBA today. I mean, 
you have to have somebody with the ball who can score it, who can create for others, who can manage the game, and that's what he can do. I mean, not a great shooter yet, uh, still pretty skinny. He's only 190 pounds at 6'7", but I mean, he's the guy with the upside, I think, to be a franchise player in this draft. I mean, he's just all kinds of court vision, uh, good enough athlete, but just sees the game really well. I think he's going to turn into probably close to a 20-point-a-game scorer and a great passer. I mean, he's just – Potential double-double candidate, I think. He's in that franchise point guard mold, I think. I Who knows if he'll get there just because he's so young and hasn't played in America, obviously. But, man, I just think he's – I think he's could be the guy coming out of this class in five years. I'm pretty high on LaMelo. I don't think I'm quite as high as you are on him. Um, but I love his passing. His passing is amazing. Um, one of a really gifted passer. Um, he's a decent shooter, but I think the major gripe that I have with him is shot selection. Um, he kind of just shoots whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and um, I don't. That's not going to translate well to the NBA. He needs to get a handle on that. As I mentioned in previous episodes, I think the Hornets are kind of a team where they were searching for their identity. They were searching for somebody to be that franchise player, and I think they just found it, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I think you know some people think it's a detriment that he played in Australia and you know play his pro ball, his college ball in America. But who has? I mean, none of the guys, none of the great guys in the league have played at high level programs. I mean, LeBron didn't play in college. KD went to Texas. Steph went to Davidson. Kawhi, San Diego State. So I don't know, man. I just think he might. There might be something special there. I agree. Number four. This is a pick that came to a came as a shock to both myself and Stella when we were watching the draft last night. Patrick Williams goes to Chicago at number four out of Florida State, a 6'8", 225-pound small forward. So this is the guy everybody was saying was you know skyrocketing up boards close to the draft. But I, I don't know, man. Chicago. I don't, really, I don't know much I don't, about him, to be honest. I don't, I don't trust anything Chicago does. I mean, 6'8", 225, looks the part. I mean, we saw his tape, at least last night on the draft, cut up, muscles everywhere, um, physical profile. All everything you want, seven foot wingspan. And I think he's another kind of a, a high floor guy. I kind of blew everybody away with his work ethic. He's a grinder. I don't think he'll be bad, but I certainly don't think he's going to be a, a difference maker for Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. Chicago's kind of in a weird spot right now. I mean, they got Zach Levine. I mean, he's like going to be 26, so he's not, I mean, he's still young, but he's He's going into his prime, and they have all these other guys that aren't even in their prime yet, like Laurie Markkinen, Kobe White. I don't know. They're kind of in a weird spot right now. This pick was interesting to me. He's a really good defender, so I think, I mean, everybody needs defense, but um, this this was an interesting pick to me. Only time will tell, I guess. Five was Isaac Okoro to the Cavaliers, played his college ball at Auburn. The more I think about this pick, I think it's going to be boom or bust. I think there's I a lot of, of variance in here. I think on the boom side – I mean, we saw his highlights. He's a crazy athlete. He can jump out of the gym. Uh, six foot six, two twenty five. I mean, he's got the tools. A bunch you're looking for, kind of in that wing prototype. All kinds of muscles. He played uh, a couple more than one year of college ball, so he's you know he's got the NBA ready body. You know, mature player already. But he only averaged sixteen points per forty minutes in college. I just saw that little stat here. I don't know. There's certainly some bust potential there. Not a, a great shooter. He only made twenty nine percent from three. His last year in Auburn. So who knows? Maybe he's one of those guys that will just kind of develop into the NBA game. The, sh- his time will, the time will iron out the shot and, you know, the athleticism will take over. But I don't know. I think he's, there's certainly some bust potential. I agree. 
I think the draw, main draw on him, as with Patrick Williams, is the defense. Okoro, I've heard, is an amazing defender. I really haven't got a chance to watch much film on him. Decent pick there for the Cavs at number five. I think there were some other wings maybe that they could have went with over him, but uh, only time will tell, I guess. Number six is uh, the Atlanta Hawks have this pick, and they selected Onyeka Ankongwu from uh, USC. His parents are Nigerian immigrants. Uh, they came over in, uh, in, I believe, 1999 is what they said on the draft broadcast. This is the guy in the draft that, number one, I, I think I think he could be better than James Wiseman, in my opinion. That's I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but I think he's super athletic. He's um, And the big draw for me is he's a feel-good story. I love feel-good stories. His brother um, was actually also a really high-caliber high school basketball player that played for Chino Hills, um, and he actually passed away in 2014 from a skateboarding accident. Um, he was on that high school team with uh, Lonzo. Yes, he was on the team with the Chino Hills team with Lonzo, and I think LiAngelo was there too. Yep. It was really cool to see, you know, at, on the draft broadcast last night, um, Onyeka w- was doing his brother proud, um, and you know, it, it's just a feel-good story. And that, this is the guy that I'm rooting for the most in, as far as lottery picks. Yeah, absolutely. Easy, easy, easy guy to root for. Certainly, he's a little bit, just a little bit undersized at a center at 6'9". Kind of more, you'd want to see him, you know, maybe an inch or two taller, get close to 7 foot. But really, really great defender. Crazy, really good athleticism. uh, Almost four blocks a game per 40 minutes, which is outstanding. I think, you know, looking at him, they want him to be a franchise-level defender. I mean... Who knows mm-hmm. on the offensive end? He's pretty raw so far. Not a, not any kind of shooter, just kind of a lob threat basically. But really, really high upside on defense. I agree. And then number seven is uh, the Detroit Pistons have this pick, and they take Killian Hayes out of Germany. So looking like this is gonna be the Pistons' point guard of the future. I I mean I think they were I think the, the Pistons are another team where they're kind of, I think they're kind of searching for their identity. They still have an aging Blake Griffin, but he hasn't panned out much for them. Um, Killian Hayes, he's a good passer, um, decent scorer. I believe it was Kevin O'Connor called him the best prospect in the draft. Killian Hayes was at the top of Kevin O'Connor's big board. Um, so I don't know. I I really haven't seen much on Killian Hayes. Uh yeah, lefty score kind of a you know a point guard in today's game not incredibly athletic he's he's listed at 6'5 but he looked kind of small to me yeah he looked uh, more 6'3 side to uh, me a good floor general is kind of the selling point on him shifty not I mean I don't want to compare him to Luca or Harden but can kind of get to his spots without great athleticism uh, the shot isn't quite there yet but I think most people seem to think it'll develop he's got a good looking stroke he's gonna have to grow into his an NBA body, only 195 pounds right now. Uh, not a great defender either, but certainly some potential there, I think. Number eight, the pick went to the New York Knicks, and they selected Obi Toppin, recent Limitless Range scouting report, scouting report alumni. Alumni, yes. I love Obi Toppin, man. I th- I think, I don't know if you saw Stephen A. Smith freaking out about the pick, but, I mean, he's been wrong about Chris Dobbs. He was wrong about a lot of stuff, so I'm, I'm not, I re- really kind of take, take his stuff with a grain of salt as far as the Knicks is concerned. Yeah, I mean, the only question is the positional fit because he's a forward and the Knicks have a logjam of not really good forwards. Uh, so, I'm, you know, he'll still get time to play, obviously. I don't think they're going to, you know, they won't bury him on the bench or anything. But I don't know. The, the Obviously, an easy guy to root for. I was just Naismith player of the year. 
you know, transform the Dayton program into a good program to what last year would have been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't know if the skill is quite there to be an, a really good all-star level player, but certainly the athleticism, the, the drive, and the leadership to be a really good rotational piece, I think. I, I would assume that they're going to move off some of their forwards after they just drafted him, um, but only time will tell, I guess. Number nine, this is somebody that slid down the board a little bit from when we talked about him last, Denny Avdiha. He goes to Washington at number nine, six foot nine, small forward out of Israel, played for Maccabi Tel Aviv. Sella, thoughts? I th- kind of like this pick. I think this is something Washington had to probably be, get this card to the board as fast as they could have when they seen Avdiha that was still available at nine. Most projections thought he would go earlier. I mean, I'd like it. I mean, you just don't see six foot nine guys with skill. You know, they don't grow on trees. They don't come around very often. I, there are no sure things in the draft, especially not at nine, especially this year, obviously. But uh, from what I've seen and heard, I think he's definitely worth taking a chance on. I mean, six foot nine player with a high skill level. I mean, I think you got to be pretty happy for the Wizards to get him at nine. So we'll just um, we'll quickly slide through um, some more, a couple more picks here. Um, so at ten. The Phoenix Suns take power forward, a 6'10 power forward out of Maryland, Jalen Smith. Um, at number 11, San Antonio gets Devin Vassell, a 6'7 small forward out of Florida State. Supposedly one of the best shooters in the draft. So good pickup for San Antonio. Aaron Neesmith at 14 to Boston is a pick I really liked. Uh, one, another great shooter. 6'6, six, six, incredible shooter. Good good body, too, 6'6, six, six, 213, almost a 7 foot wingspan. Um, you know, some teams were turned off because he had a stress fracture in his foot, really didn't get to play much last year, but a great shooter. I mean, I, he'll find a job in the NBA pretty easily. I think he could be a really good player for Boston. Somebody that you talked about previously, Tyrese Halliburton falls to 12 uh, to Sacramento. I figured he was going to go in the top 10, but he ended up sliding down. 6'5 point guard out of Iowa State. And at number 13, Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama, 6'3 point guard, goes to New Orleans. Now, New Orleans has a little bit of a logjam at guard after the trades and picks they've made over the last couple days. They have Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and now Kira Lewis Jr. So I'm thinking something else might be on the horizon for uh, New Orleans. We'll see. I mean, I, I liked the Lewis pick. I mean, we just we saw his tape on the broadcast last night, and it was electric. I mean, he just jumps off the screen with how quick he is. Pretty small. Not a great defender, but you know who knows. A little bit I mean, of a deer and fox comp, maybe. Maybe, um, yeah. That's not a bad comparison, but who knows? I kind of, I was intrigued by his speed. I mean, it just pops at you. Oh yeah, he was insanely quick, um, in transition, very, very quick, and just quick in general. That'll wrap up the draft talk. Um, all the lottery picks there for you guys. Our thoughts on those. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, state of the Mavs address is imminent. It is coming. And you guys need to be ready for it. Stay tuned here on Limitless Range. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Limitless Range. I'm Logan here with Travis. We are about to get to not quite the long-awaited return because we did have one, was it last week? Yeah, it was a, it was a little shorter, though, last week. but Because we did have one last week. <clears throat> but, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages. <laughs> it's time 
for the world-famous State of the Mavs address from the one-of-a-kind Mavs superfan Travis Gardner. Mavericks have been busy lately. Last night they had the number 18 and number 31 picks in the draft. They moved starting shooting guard Seth Curry. There are rumors abound about other moves, possibly a trade for Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets, and lots else. With that, I give it up to my friend, Travis. The floor is yours. Thank you, Sella. Love to hear it. The Mavs, as you mentioned last night, started the the night with picks 18 and 31. So with pick 18, they drafted Josh Green, a 6'6 shooting guard out of Arizona, Um, basically a good 3 and D guy. But I don't like the Josh Green pick, and here is why. Sadiq Bey was available at number 18. He was projected to go before number 18, and he slid down, and the Mavs did not take him, and I am salty. Sadiq Bey is, I think, one of the best shooters in the draft, an amazing defender. He's he's more he fits that more combo wing three four uh, thing that the Mavs are looking for. I just I, they must have really saw something in Josh Green. He was your guy. He's been your guy since we were talking about him in March and April, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, it was all set up. We were I mean we were watching together as we talked about, and there he was and. We didn't quite see it on the TV broadcast first because Woj and Shams ruined everything on Twitter. But Yeah. Uh, I felt bad for you when we saw the notification come through that the Mavericks were picking green instead of Sadiq Bey. I mean, I'm, overall, I'm happy with the pick. I think, I think he's going to be a good fit on our team. Um, I'm not terribly upset with it, but I, I just don't. They must have really saw something in him. He must have really impressed uh, for them to take him over Sadiq Bey because I think Sadiq Bey – is a sleeper. I think he could be one of the best players coming out of the draft. Shame. Shame. Um, And then at pick 31, the Dallas Mavericks selected Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, six foot two point guard. As we mentioned, Seth Curry is on the move. So this guy is kind of viewed as the Seth Curry replacement. He's a really good shooter. He's got a really, he's a great shot creator, great off the catch and shoot. He's got a really nice mid range pull up that he goes to. But the issue I have with the number 31 pick is I love Tyrell Terry. I'm not mad that we selected him. But Desmond Bain was also really high on my list. And he went at number 30. One pick, he was projected to go in the top 20. And he slid all the way down to number 30. And it was looking like the Mavs were going to be able to select him. And then Memphis, dadgum Memphis, made made a trade with the Celtics to pick up the 30th pick and they took him right before took him right out from under the Mavs. Um, but overall I'm happy with Tyrell Terry. I think he could be, I think he'd be that Seth Curry replacement that we kind of need. And then the major news of, of the night for the Mavs was, um, an imminent trade for Josh Richardson off the 76ers. So the Mavs send Seth Curry to the 76ers and in return, they got Josh Richardson and, a, uh, the 36th pick in the second round. So I was really happy about this trade, actually. I mean, I hate to give up Seth Curry. You know, he's he's an energy guy. He's really great shooter, a, amazing shooter, one of the best in the league. And, um, he, I mean, you love playing for the Mavericks, and we loved having him. But um, the main thing that the Mavs needed to address this offseason was defense, and I think that they did an amazing job addressing defense. Josh Green's a good defender. 
Um, Tyrell Terry is more of a shooter, but he can be that Seth Curry replacement. Their number 36 pick that they took, Tyler Bay, a 6'7 power forward, small forward wing out of Colorado. He is 215 pounds. Now, this guy, I'm almost more excited about him than I am any other pick. I was watching some I was watching some highlights last night trying to get myself amped up and man, he his defense is is insane. How tall is he again? Six seven. All right. He's an amazing defender. He he really he has a really long wingspan, so he gets he's really good at getting in getting in steel lanes. Um getting excuse me, getting in passing lanes and um tremendous shot blocker. If for I mean somebody who's six seven, he's an amazing shot blocker. It really really doesn't affect in the show effects in the box score, but he's he's an amazing defender, man. And some of the I you have to watch some film on him because some of the blocks that he that I was watching last night gave me Zion vibes. I mean he's not anywhere on the level of Zion, but have you ever seen those blocks where Zion just sends it pins it off the backboard, yeah, pins it off the backboard, or sends it seven rows deep? Those are the type of blocks that he had in. That got me amped. So, overall, the Mavericks made the trade for Josh Richardson. They addressed wing defense. Josh Richardson's coming to come in, probably be a day one starter. Um, Going to play some good defense. Shoot, not quite as consistent as Seth Curry, but he still is able to knock down the shots. And, um, you know, they picked up Josh Green, who I think is probably going to be maybe even a day one starter. Could even, you know, come off the bench to start off. And then... Tyrell Terry is going to probably come off the bench. Tyler Bay um, is going to be on a two-way contract. So um, he's going to be on a two-way contract. So, yeah, um, the Mavs, Tyler Bay is going to be on a two-way contract. So um, the the Mavs really went all out and addressed their problems that they needed to address. Defense was their main issue. Def- they needed defensive kind of grit and grind Defender kind of guys, 3 and D kind of guys, and they really delivered on that promise. And also, the Mavs have a $9.3 million mid-level exception that they can use on more than likely a vet a vet player that they, you know, come in, somebody like a Jay Crowder, maybe maybe even Danilo Gallinari. I think that's a little below what he wants to sign for. But, yeah, they have, they have that. And then... A lot of people on Twitter, Brad Townsend, major reporter for the for the Mavs, are saying are kind of thinking that another trade is imminent for the Mavs because they're kind of stockpiling assets. Um, they have they got a couple second round picks and some trades, and um, they you know they they got a lot of assets right now. So a lot of people are saying that a that a third trade or a, a second trade is imminent. I don't necessarily know. I I if the Mavs if they go out and they they get all these guys that they drafted. They get Josh Richardson, and then they sign somebody with a 9.3 mid-level. I, I mean, I'm happy with the offseason. I agree. I mean, uh, nothing super-duper splashy, but overall a good last few days for the Mavs, I would say. I agree. And with that, we are going to wrap up here on Limitless Range. That was the State of the Mavs address. That's where I'm at. I'm still a little salty that they didn't take Sadiq Bey. Um, Maybe he won't be that good. I I don't know. The, the, I, the Pistons took him for goodness' sake. I think he won't be that good. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be nasty, man. I think if the Mavs take Sadiq Bay at eighteen, I think they're in the top fr- probably four winners of the draft. Just just based off addressing need. We'll never know. We'll never know. But on that note, we're gonna wrap up on limitless range here. Uh, quick couple plugs before we 
before we stop. Um, WOCR 89.1 The One is our college radio station. Uh, you can listen on FM frequencies at 89.1, or you can go to WOCR 891FM.com and click on the Listen Live link, and you can listen anywhere you're at. Um, our Twitter is w- at WOCR 891, and our Instagram is at WOCR 89.1. So, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And this has been Limitless Range. I'm Travis Garner. Logan Sell. And we will see you guys next week.